Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Tonight is Cherish Ladies Takeover. We, I, I've never been part of a church that is so intentionable, intentionable, intentional, there you go. <laughs> Third time's the charm, about raising up leaders. Uh, this, this is a church on a mission. This is a church, really, when we say we want to take over San Diego, that's what we're trying to do. That's the assignment. In order to do that, it's going to take a lot of leaders. So if you have a gift in you, just stick around. It will get used. It will get used. But tonight, it, who, who's been to a 3 by 10 before by show of hands? All right, so you, most of you know the drill. What I'm going to do, I'm going to introduce the three speakers right now. We'll all give them a round of applause. Then it's going to be rapid fire, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And it always amazes me how three people come up here with separate messages, don't really talk to each other prior, but how the Holy Spirit weaves it all together for us. So ladies, if you would stand up, actually, one, one at a time, one at a time. We'll do it this way. I even brought a couple notes so I can honor you properly. I thought about doing it like Pastor John, the leadoff and the two hole, and but I know nothing about baseball. So going first tonight is Brittany King. Would you stand up, Brittany? Brittany is one of our main leaders with the high school ministry. Uh, her and her husband oversee the young adult ministry here um, at Balboa. And they are actually, you saw them here on Wednesday night. They're going to be mixing in and running Wednesday night services as we get ready to expand. And she is just an incredible wife, according to Jimmy, and an incredible mother uh, as well. So please give her another round of applause. And going second tonight is Yen Mei Tang. Said, come on. <laughs> Woo. What I love about this beautiful lady and her husband as well, they are always smiling. I don't think I've ever seen them not smiling. They're just incredible leaders, and you just can't be around them without feeling better. Uh, she's involved in the pastoral care ministry here, um, just the, the, the ministry team always praying for people up front. And her and her husband run a connect group here in San Diego that is probably larger than 90% of the churches in San Diego, to be honest. So honor her one more time as well. And finally, we have Miss Donna Moriarty. <laughs> also part of the pastoral team, also part of the ministry team, but she is someone that her family is just so special to me and my wife. When we were renovating our house, uh, we needed a place to stay for a month and they welcomed us with open arms. And I left, li li after living with them for one month, I literally saw what I want my future to look like, um, it, particularly with their children. My children are young, theirs are you know grown adults, and and I'm just like, what they have, I want one day. Uh, Donna is also an incredible Christian uh, family therapist. Her and her husband actually used to pastor, be senior pastors of a church in New York for many years, and then were called to the marketplace, and now here at Awaken, and I think we'll probably be 
my opinion, called back into ministry pretty soon as well. So give her a round of applause. Well, let's kick it off with Miss Brittany King. Thank you so much. Good evening, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I am so excited and incredibly humbled and honored to have the opportunity to be with you guys and share, kicking off Cherish 3 by 10. Um, I'm so excited, and I feel like I really have a word to share with you guys tonight. But before I begin, I wanna take a moment to honor Pastor John and Becky Heinrichs, even though they're not here tonight. Can we just give them a round of applause? I'm so thankful. Like. You said that they're empowering leaders, releasing leaders, raising up people. It's why this church is so fruitful. And I actually want to honor someone else who's filming me right now. My mom and my dad are here tonight. They're so incredible. My God-given pastors, incredible parents. And so thanks, guys, for being here. My dad drove all night from Utah to be here. So, so thankful. Okay. When Pastor Becky asked me to share tonight, I immediately felt this deposit into my spirit of what I was meant to share with you tonight. And it kind of made me chuckle to myself because at the time, this was a really big deal in my life. It, it took me three to five years, you know, recovering with setbacks and going back into the season of my life. And now I look back and it feels like not a big deal. But I wanted to share it because I really feel like in this season, God gave me a framework for healing and overcoming hardship and overcoming trials and just overcoming in general. And so I want to share the story with you. Ten years ago, um, Jimmy and I had just gotten married. And two weeks into being newlyweds, we went to a friend's birthday party. And he was turning 25, and he was so excited about this party. He had been planning it and planning it and planning it and recruiting as many people as he could get to come. And his birthday party was at Sky Zone. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's a trampoline park for children. And we were all so excited. They skateboarded out. It used to be a gymnast, so we're like gonna go tear it up, do some tricks. And it honestly was so much fun until it wasn't. I grew up a gymnast. I was a cheerleader. So I started getting a little, you know, ascending it. I was doing backflips off the walls and all kinds of things. And long story short, I'll spare you the nitty gritty details, but I landed a backflip wrong and someone had just jumped from the place that I landed and the trampoline rebounded. I actually incurred in one moment a high velocity knee injury likened to a car accident um, that fractured my femur, my tibia, my fibia, my tibial plateau, tore my ACL, tore my meniscus, and damaged my MCL. And I want to share this because I know it's physical. I know it's this physical injury, and um, many people have incurred all kinds of injuries, but it was actually incredibly traumatic to me, and it revealed a way of living that was already within me. I was partnered with fear. I had a victim mindset. I was bound up in ways that I really didn't have any clue of. And it revealed this layer underneath. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. We have experiences in life where we're like, why is this such a big deal? Why is this such a pivotal moment in my life? Why is this a turning point? It's because there was already a way within you of living that you were coping with happening in the background. And so while I had walked through this journey and I had healed physically, I walked into this church very much on crutches, very much spiritually injured, relationally injured. And the reason I want to share this specifically as a cherish night three by 10 is because my most wounded area of my life was in relationships with women. I had a wake of failed friendships and um, efforts of going back and trying to repair things. And it was this repeated pattern 
in my life. And so I want to share this framework. And I love science and I love doctors because they, they tend to think that they're reinventing a wheel, but they actually just ripped a page out of the Bible. And so I'm excited to share this with you tonight. So upon the initial impact of my injury, I knew immediately in the clarity of my mind that I was very messed up. And my friends came around me, scooped me up and put me in the car and took me to the emergency room. And at the emergency room, I mean, those nurses and doctors are incredible. They save lives, they see trauma, they see people in all kinds of conditions, but really realistically aren't equipped to help someone in my condition. They gave me ibuprofen, they gave me an ice pack. They didn't even want to do an x-ray. They're like, you're fine. You were jumping on a trampoline. It's OK. And I was like, no, I, I think that this needs more attention. And they're like, OK, we're going to refer you to a specialist. You need to go see a team of specialists, an orthopedic surgeon team. And so they sent me with a piece of paper and a phone number. And that is my first point tonight, is you need a specialist. Um, the reality is that ER couldn't help me because they weren't equipped to help me. I needed someone to do an MRI and someone with actual knowledge of what I was dealing with to do an examination that could actually assess the length and the depth of the damage that I had done and give me a actionable plan that I could deal with. And the ultimate team of specialists, you know, as a Christian, as a believer, is obviously God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes, we still need more help and more support in processing and having accountability um, in dealing with hardships and trials. And this is where discipleship comes in. This is where relationships with people in the church come in. We actually need a ton of support when we're walking out things that are traumatic or actually creating new ways of living. And the Bible is clear. It says in Proverbs 4, 7, and I love this verse. It's so cheeky to me. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. <laughs> Though it'll cost all you have, get understanding. And I love this because the reality is, is we don't have to know the answer. We don't have to know how to do it. We just have to go find out. But the reality is, is when we go find out, if we don't go to the right place, we're going to understand very quickly why that is. And the cost may be our pride. It may be, you know, all kinds of things that we layer ourselves up with to feel protected, you know, when we're processing something challenging. But we've got to go and figure out you know, where to get wisdom from. And you can't go to someone in the world and ask for help with your affair. They're going to say, leave. You can't go to your single girlfriends and try to get advice on your relationship. Should I marry him? Should I not? They, they, she's not in a fruitful marriage. She can't help you. So we have to know where to go to get wisdom. Otherwise, we're going to falter and fall back into and reinforce those patterns that we live beneath. I remember walking in this process into my physical therapist's office. And, you know, this whole season was just marked with discouragement for me. And I was really um, committed to that. I was really committed to that discouragement. I was really committed to the mindset of like, oh, this is hard. And, um, you know, that victim mindset. And I remember walking in and telling her how hard it was. And she didn't understand. And she asked me a line of questions to try to indicate like, how committed are you to healing? How committed are you to this process? Have you been doing what I asked you to do at home? Have you been doing the exercises we gave to you? And very clearly, I wasn't. And I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, the success of the treatment plan depends on the will of the patient. God will heal you, deliver you, bring you breakthrough. However, and I love what Pastor Marissa said in her sermon a few weeks ago, God never planned for you to lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. We have responsibility to take in our own healing and our own journey of following Jesus where we have to take ownership over it at a certain point and take action towards our own healing. 
Revelation 2.26 says, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, I will give him power over the nations. Also known as, who obeys me, reads my word, knows my heart, you'll have authority. And if you have authority over the nations, don't you think you'll have authority over what ails you? Obey him, obey him, and you will have breakthrough. My last point for tonight is... um, you set the pace. And this is a big one. And I see this a lot um, in discipling young adults and, you know, just being a human being, really. How you think or how you talk is a reflection of how you think. And how you think is a reflection of the state of your heart. The Bible says that you are given a sound mind in 2 Timothy 1.7. You are given it. You, you don't have to acquire it. It was already given to you. Where did it go? Why did we let it go? A sound mind is a disciplined mind. You were already given that. So we have, to, we have to re-engage with that disciplined mind and keep track of our own thoughts, hold them captive. But where do those thoughts come from? In Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of your life. So we have to be responsible in the way that we deal with our heart and the way that we deal with our thoughts. And I'll leave with this last thought. If your words are the wheel... Your heart is axle. If you're bought into your own brokenness, you're not going to get very far. So I just want to encourage you tonight, especially the women in the room, you know, that are in a similar place that I walked into this church in, uh, maybe having a wake of broken relationships. There's an opportunity for you here. Join a girls group. Go to Cherish. Tap the girl next to you. There's an opportunity to deepen your relationship with this community and deepen your relationship with God and get true and real breakthrough, not just internalized information that comes from the pulpit, but actually have transformation. So that's all for me. I'm going to hand it over to the beautiful Yin May. Thank you guys so much. Oh my goodness, so good. So good, so good. Brittany, I love, I love how the Holy Spirit moves. You're going to see how the messages tie in so beautifully. Yes, yes. Firstly, I want to give thanks and honor to Pastor Jürgen and Leanne. Yes, this amazing church. Thank you for your courage for starting this church. Pastor John and Becky, they are taking a well-deserved break right now. We love you. Um, Pastor Jeff and Claudia for being such great coaches and all the pastors and leaders. I love you. Okay, I'm super excited that Cherish Conference is like two weeks away. Okay, I'm also going to share a little bit of testimony about Cherish, but hey, if you are a guy, don't worry, okay? Please don't tune out. This message is also for you. Okay, the title of my message today is Something Better for Us. Okay, the verse, I'm going to base this off of this verse, Hebrews 11:40. It says, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Many of us are not very familiar with this scripture, but we are so familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, God has plans to prosper us, give us a hope and a future. Amen to that. Yes, it's true. God has great plans for us. But let's not forget Hebrews eleven forty that says, only together with us would these plans be made perfect. God wants our participation. We need to play our part. Point number one, something better for us. Unfortunately, we have an enemy. He does not want something better for us. 
have you ever wondered why whenever you wanted to move forward towards something better, there seems to be like a lot of obstacles. Like there's a lot of things stopping you from moving forward. Satan wants to stop us from enjoying the best that God has for us. He wants us to stay defeated, to stay where we are. He doesn't want us to see the plans of God fulfilled in our lives. His mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God wants something better for us. I remember Cherish Conference 2013 was my first conference. Yes, 20, 2020 is going to be my ninth conference. Never miss one because it was, it's that good. I was new to, to this church in 2013. Barely knew anyone. I was full of insecurities, full of fear. I was so timid. My kids were nine, five, three, and I had a baby at the time. I was so busy running, running around like a crazy woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. But I was running, running on an empty tank. Like how many of you can relate? You're running your busy lives, and then you feel so tired. I was complaining all the time. I was like a psycho, complaining, unhappy. <laughs> My poor husband had to live with a psycho woman. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I saw the announcement for Cherish Conference, I knew that I had to do myself a favor. I had to get there. Can I see a show of hands? How many of, of you are registered for Cherish? Yay! Yay! Well, maybe some of you are still not sure if you want to go or not. You hear voices telling you not to go. Beware of the whispers of the enemy. Satan whispered to Eve in the garden of Eden, and he's still whispering today. He doesn't want us to go. He doesn't want you to hear the fresh word that the speakers will be bringing. Every year, God brings a fresh word. We're going to have Pastor Morgan. We're going to have Pastor Melissa, Pastor Leanne, so many amazing speakers bringing a fresh word. Satan does not want you to hear that. He is trembling because he knows that the word of their testimony will change your lives. That brings me to point number two. Behold the word of their testimony. Yes, yes, I know. We all know Jesus died on the cross to set us free. You know what? Many of us continue to stay in bondage in our thoughts and in our actions. Our lives continue to stink because we keep repeating the same old mantra in our lives. Oh, you don't understand. It runs in my family. My mother was hot-tempered. My grandfather was hot-tempered. It's in my DNA. It's not my fault. You know, it is the way I am. Live with it. Right? Oh, oh, no, it's your fault. You triggered it. You made me angry. It's all your fault. Oh, but, oh but, but I'm saved. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I know that when I die, I will go to heaven. But meanwhile, haha, meanwhile, I'm going to give you hell on earth. The enemy wants us to stay that way. You know, in Cherish 2018, I remember Pastor Lian's message loud and clear. <laughs> she said, do not stay under the ceiling of your victimhood. Ouch! Every Cherish conference I sat in, it was painful. It was fun, but it was painful. <laughs> I was challenged out of my comfort zone. 
I heard Pastor Becky share about how she was a control freak. Oh, I knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> and then Pastor Leanne shared about how she manifested like a psycho when she was angry at her husband. <laughs> Me too. But that's not the end of the story. Thank God, our pastors are overcomers. I love your message, Brittany. Overcomers. Overcomers. They made a decision not to stay that way. They put out the old sinful nature and allowed God to transform, transform their lives. They are who they are today, not because they came from better DNA than you and me, but because they submitted to Jesus. They put their faith into action. You know, I knew, I knew that I, if I wanted any breakthrough in my life, I had to submit to Jesus. I had to take action. Faith without works is dead. I had to do my part. Revelations 12, 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. The word of their testimony is powerful. That's why we see so many miracles and breakthroughs in our church. God is able to work so powerfully here because our leaders are overcomers. They are willing to pour out their lives for the kingdom and God used their stories for our breakthrough. So I came home from conference, determined to change my ways. <laughs> Didn't take long before I was put to the test. In fact, the night after the conference, I came home and I was put to the test. <laughs> My husband, <laughs> it's always him. It's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like it's his assignment here on earth to test me. to refine me, to mold me, came home from conference and behold, on my kitchen table was junk food, packaging, soda cans, McDonald's, Cheetos. Oh, what? My kids have been feeding on this all weekend? I could feel the old demon trying to resurrect itself. I was ready to bring hell on earth. Then I thought about what I had learned at conference. It's like I could literally hear Pastor Lian's voice. <gasps> the angry words did not lash out like it used to. I did, I did say something, but it didn't sound as bad. <laughs> as bad as, as it used to, okay? I was sweet, I was sweet. The cycle did not resurrect. Hell did not break loose. And I found that as I continued practicing self-control in my life, everything around me started to shift. My husband became sweeter. My children became more obedient. It's almost magical. I, I had been going to the altar call for years, praying, God, change my children, change my husband, change my this. I was the only perfect one. But then I realized God wanted to change me too. God was interested in me, in my transformation, right? 
So, you know, oh, I didn't mean to throw my husband under the bus. I love you. He's amazing. That was 2018, a long time ago, long time ago. Okay. He's an emerge man, you guys, an emerge man. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't do McDonald's anymore. We only do Chick-fil-A. Okay, in closing, friends, friends, friends. <laughs> if you are a lady, I want to personally invite you to Cherish Conference. God has something better in store for you. But you have to be there to receive it. When we come back from Cherish with our hearts filled, we can be better wives, better mothers, better daughters, and better humans which means better relationships, better marriage. And last year, right after the conference, we had the chance to buy early bird tickets. I bought extra tickets at Believing to bring more people. I invited my sister and my, my cousin. And you know what? One is flying in from Phoenix, Arizona, and another one flying, flying in all the way from Wichita Falls, Texas. Guys, they are paying hundreds of dollars more just to get here. We are so fortunate to live right here. We got to go. Okay, and guys, if you're married, buy your wife a cherished ticket. And guys, if you're single, this is your chance. <laughs> Invest. Invest in a cherished lady. Okay? Get ready, get ready. God had planned something better for all of us, but only together with us will they be made perfect. Thank you. Okay, it's my incre incredible privilege to welcome up my good friend, my beautiful friend, Donna Moriarty. Oh my goodness, okay. Young May, man, you're like sassy. You are so funny. I'm not used to seeing that side. She's always just so sweet and smiling and just ready to like be empathetic and love people. I love it. That was so good. Ah, God is so good, isn't he? So um, I guess I'm going to kind of wrap this whole thing up. So OK, are you ready to like get serious? OK, because the thing that I'm going to ask you a question, OK? OK, and it sounds like a really heavy question, but the answer is really simple but actually not so much. <laughs> okay, so what sums up what the whole point of the Bible is about? It's actually one word. Love, love, right? Simple yet not so much, right? And what's the foundation or what should be the foundation of all of our relational choices. Now I sound like a therapist, right? Of all our relational choices and the interactions that we have. What should be the foundation of all of that? Love, right? That changes everything, doesn't it? When we act from a place of love. And, you know, the, uh, Jesus said, Matthew 22, 37, right? That it, that it basically sums up everything, the whole of the law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. And then he said, and then the next point is to love your neighbor 
as yourself. And that just sums it all up. Um, it's actually repeated in Deuteronomy 6.5. So, I mean, and it was really what was the entire Jewish law was based on Deuteronomy 6.5. So it's really the only thing that matters. You know, um, I think Paul put an exclamation point on it in 1 Corinthians 13 when he kind of goes through verses 1 through 3, and, and that's a pretty crazy list. I don't know. How many people have read that? Yeah. And he basically goes through everything we think of about being spiritual, right? I mean, I don't do a lot of that stuff. I mean, how many of you guys have, like, given everything you own to the poor, right? How many of you feel like you have, like, a killer prophetic ministry, right? I mean, maybe some of you do. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the things that he says, to speak with the tongue of men and angels, like, all these things, to give my body to be burned. I've never given my body to be burned for people. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm doing good if I'm tithing, giving an offering once in a while. I show up on time for prayer. I mean, I, you know, God is good. And yet he says, but none of it matters at all if you don't have love, right? So that's the thing that we're to pursue. So the thing that the enemy wants to do is stop us from loving each other right? So he works overtime on us to basically target and to get offended with one another. So I want to talk a little bit today about getting beyond the wall of betrayal, okay? Because all the community, all the things that we do and everything, if we don't get beyond that point, then, then it's, you know, we won't be able to really walk in love with one another. And that's going to stop us from accomplishing the entire purpose of everything that God has for us. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says that a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions separate them like the bars of a castle. That's a really powerful statement. So, you know, when I think of that, I think, okay, wow, once an offense takes root, it's tough. It's tough to get past it. And then also, uh, you know, with those contentions and those conflicts, they're like the bars of a castle. I mean, that's a, that's a really, I think, when I think of the bars of a castle, I think of like this major heavy-duty dungeon awful kind of thing. So, but Jesus said something interesting because he said in Proverbs, uh, in, I mean, Luke 17, um, 14, that it's impossible for offenses not to come. Okay? I mean, that sounds kind of lousy. I mean, it's impossible for offenses not to come right? So, you know, I mean, okay, so I, I'm going to get offended. You're going to get offended. You know, if you've been part of this church, if you haven't gotten offended, you don't know people well enough. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, isn't it true? <laughs> okay? If you have been married for more than a week, you will be offended. Right? If you have, if you live with any family or have any family, if you have any family, I mean, you will be offended. Jesus said that offenses must come, okay? So, you know, it's going to happen, okay? It's the thing that stops us from accomplishing 
the entire reason for all of it. Okay, and what should be our motivation? So how do we get beyond the wall of betrayal? Okay, the big question. And people, by the way, pay me a lot of money for this. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying that is because really when I think about it, my job 90% of the time is talking to people about how to get through conflict, how to communicate, how to heal, you know, from, from offense, from, from hurt, from pain. You know, tr a lot of trauma is really uh, because somebody treated somebody really badly. And they got really hurt, and it was really painful for them, you know? So the Bible kind of gives us a bunch of pointers, and I don't have time. I mean, you know, this could be an entire hour's worth of stuff, you know? You get kind of uh, some, some information here and some of the things that I, I talk about in some of my sessions when I'm working with Christians. One of the things that happens is... When, when we get offended, we start pointing the fingers, you may said this so beautifully, um, the, at, at other people, right? Look what they did to me. Look at how they hurt me. Look at what happened to me. And if you start falling into that, then what happens? You know, you stop looking at yourself and you stop really trying to deal with what needs to happen and, to, and in healing. I love what Psalm 37 verses 1 through 4 say. And it's interesting because when we think of Psalm 37, most people that are familiar with it say, well, if I delight myself in the Lord, God will give me the desires of my heart. Right? Everybody familiar with that one? That is very true. But God says a whole bunch of things before that. God is talking about, before, before he, he talks about that part of it, God says, don't worry about the evil of other people. That's the first thing that he says in Psalm 37. He's like, don't focus on them. He says, trust in God and do good. Okay? And I, that's the Amplified says, rely on and have confidence in the Lord. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Because one of the things that's gonna help you to heal and to get past betrayal, you're gonna have to rely on God. You're gonna have to trust him and you're gonna have to feed on his faithfulness to you. Be, and so that's a really important point because if, as I said before, if we get hung up on what the evil was, then it's not gonna work. That's gonna be where our heart is. Eventually, if you keep reading and keep going on in that psalm, eventually what's going to happen is God is going to bring your promises to pass. It says in the Amplified, he's going he's to give you the desires of your heart. He says your secret petitions. Okay, what's your secret petition? What are the hurts that maybe that you know or the offenses that, you, that people have, have uh, you know, done and, and that you kind of secretly in your heart just long for God to touch and to change? What are those things? We all have them, you know? The other part that's really important for healing, and, you know, I, Pastor Morgan said this, and it's always stuck with me because it is so true, he says that, he said, full healing never happens without community. 
Because you know what? We choose to feed on God's faithfulness. Okay, we're not going to think about what they did to us. We're going to choose to trust him and to do good. James 5.16 says to confess your sins to one another. Okay, I love how the Amplified puts it here. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. We have to open up the hurts, the pain, the offenses to one another so that we can pray for one another. And, you know, it's more than just praying for one another because when you get affirmed and when you, when you open up your heart and you're vulnerable and people wrap their arms around you and say, let me pray for you. I, I, I want to stand with you through this. It changes things. All of a sudden, where you didn't have hope, where you were just kind of walking it alone, where you were just trying to figure it out and be strong all by yourself, people stand around you and they say, okay, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray for you. And that is how you get fully healed and restored, which is why you guys need to go to Cherish. <laughs> I had to put a plug in there somewhere, right? But, but it is why we need community. It is why the days that you least want to come here because there's all kinds of stuff and you just feel like I'm just tired and life just stinks and I just had a hard day and I don't feel like seeing people. That's when you need to come here the most. That's when you need people the most. That's when you need to pray the most because those are the greatest moments of healing. Those are the moments where God meets you. Those are the moments of what could have been a sucky night with the ice cream and all the things that your husband had your children and, and, and a, probably a bad movie, like, you know, something. Everybody makes fun of me because I love Hallmark movies or something that's just not really going to make you feel better becomes what you do. <laughs> okay. So, and then lastly, the last thing that I want to say is that in Matthew 5.22, you know, Jesus talks about leave your gift at the altar. If anybody has an offense against you and go to them and make it right, you know. So it goes both ways. And, and you know, Jesus said, I, I love, you know, Jesus said, if they come to you seven times and repent each time, then you shall forgive them. He didn't say it's kind of an option. Maybe you should think about forgiving them. He says, you shall forgive them. So the Lord puts it on us to, to operate in that way, to ask for forgiveness, to give forgiveness. I'm a little over time, so I'm going to end here. One of the things that I, I to think about is that even though that's a hard thing, and I know I just kind of briefly scratched the surface on it tonight, Psalm 105, verse 19, this is such a precious verse to me. It says, until the time his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. It's talking about Joseph in prison, right? Which he spent a lot of years there. <laughs> and man, he had opportunity for offense, right? But he didn't go there. Or maybe he did, but God worked it out. Until the time that you're healed, until the time that God does what he's going to do until the time he brings that restoration the word of God's going to test you and that's okay if you'll hang on and you go for it then your words and your promises will come to pass God can't help it okay amen wow what an amazing word I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did hey listen 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.